Are you tired, mama? Tired of feeling like you have to resign yourself to either being a hot mess mom who's drowning in the chaos of motherhood or a Pinterest perfect mom who looks like she has it all together, but on the inside, she's really miserable. The world keeps telling us that these are the only options, but that is such a lie. You can get out of victim mode and you can make changes to bring more joy to your life. And at the same time, you can find freedom in remembering that you can't control everything and you can stop striving for perfection. I'm Mackenzie Tricola, and I'd love for you to join me every week here on the Practically Joyful Mom podcast to talk about realistic ways to bring more joy to your mom life and how to choose to be joyful even when it feels like the chaos is winning. We'll talk about intentional parenting, simplicity, faith in following Jesus, connecting with your kids, taking care of yourself, and so much more. Are you ready to leave hot mess mom and Pinterest perfect mom in the dust? Are you ready to choose to be a practically joyful mom? Then welcome in, friend. I'm so glad you're here. Hey friends, thanks for joining me today. I'm Mackenzie Tricola and this is episode four of the Practically Joyful Mom podcast. I'm really excited about our time together today because this is an area that is really close to my heart and it's something that I love talking about. Today we're diving into how our words affect our children in these incredibly profound ways. We'll look at changing our perspectives about the words we speak to our kids, and at the end, I'll challenge us all, myself included, to a simple practice that can have huge transformational effects on our kids, on our hearts, and on the ways we speak to them. Our words are massively powerful. Um, Just a quick Google search, I just searched scientific studies about words, and there were pages and pages about the effects of our words, the power of words that you say to yourself, the power of words you say to other people, studies with things like measuring people's brain activity when they hear positive words, when they hear negative words, and looking at the actual ways that hearing different words affects our brain activity. So this is something we see in culture, in science, the Bible talks a ton about different ways that our words are powerful. Um, Proverbs 18.21 says the tongue has the power of life and death. Proverbs 15.1 we might already be familiar with. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And the book of James talks so much about the power of our tongues. It actually compares our tongue to like the rudder, a tiny rudder on a huge ship. And saying this tiny part of the ship actually is what controls the direction of the ship and where it goes. And our tongues are like that. It's this tiny part of our body, but it controls so much about our lives. And while that is kind of a reference more to how our words affect our own lives, the words we tell our children about themselves are the words that they will then say to themselves about themselves. Our children will hear our words in their heads for the rest of their lives, whether for good or for not so good, right? Um, We've all said things that we wish we could take back, things we wish we hadn't said. So this is not a guilt trip. This is inspiration and encouragement. If you think about things that have been said to you that have made a huge impact on you, you can probably think of some positive things sometimes when someone affirmed you and spoke life to you and something that has been transformational and life-changing 
you can probably also think of an insult or a negative thing that someone said to you that also has had a huge impact on your life. So this area is something that is incredibly powerful and we talk to our kids all day long. We say, put on your shoes. We say, please don't hit your sister in the face. We say all sorts of things all day to them. They're hearing our voice and our voice becomes part of their internal monologue, what they hear us saying to them, especially the things they hear us saying to them about them. So this is just an incredibly important area and it's so easy to just say things sometimes when we're angry, when we're frustrated, that we don't want our kids to be repeating in their heads for the rest of their lives. So again, this is not a guilt trip, but this is just an encouragement and a reminder of our enormous privilege of getting to be the ones who help our children begin to form their concept of themselves and of the world by the words that we speak to them. This is a privilege to speak life to them. And it doesn't mean we never correct them. It doesn't mean we never point out to them areas where they need to grow. It definitely doesn't mean we lie to them and just say positive things that aren't true. Like, if your kid is really short, you don't tell them, wow, you're so tall. I mean, maybe as a toddler, but as they get older, like, kids can realize when we're lying to them, when we're saying something that's disingenuous. So not talking here about lying to our kids. I'm not talking about never saying anything negative. But we need to consider the power of our words. Um, Gary Chapman, who's an author, if you've ever read the book The Five Love Languages, he wrote that. Um, but in another book he read called Love, or another book he wrote, he probably read it, but he definitely wrote it, um, called Love as a Way of Life. He talks about how we can use our words as bullets or seeds. And that's a super convicting thought, especially when we're thinking about how we talk to our kids because we would never want to think about bullets going towards our children right but sometimes our words are like that when we use our words as bullets we wound we destroy we bring destruction and pain and when we use our words as seeds we plant ideas in their minds and in their hearts that will blossom into stronger character into feelings of assurance of our love for them and god's love for them into confidence in who God made them to be and that they are capable of growing stronger and doing hard things. So we don't have to stay stuck in this mode of just saying whatever comes into our head to our kids, about our kids, saying these negative things to them. We can change our thoughts and the ways that we view them. When we say things to our kids like, why don't you ever listen to me? Or you're so frustrated. Or why do you keep hurting your brother? We tell them these things and they start to believe that these things are true about themselves. So then they start to think of themselves as a person who doesn't listen, a person who hits their brother, a person who is frustrating. And when they believe this about themselves, then they act that way. And then we feel stuck in disaster mode. We feel like our lives are just this huge mess and our kids won't snap out of it and our kids won't behave the way we want them to. And this, again, is not about just controlling their behavior, but this is about helping them form their concept of who they are, and then they will act in ways that reflect that. So this is not just trying to get certain behaviors out of them, 
but to help them develop their self-concept of who they are, of who they want to be, of who they can become. But changing our words to our kids is hard because sometimes it really does feel like they won't ever listen or they won't stop pushing their brother or they won't stop being frustrating. And like I said before, kids know when we're just saying these fake phony words and we're lying to them. They know when we don't really think what we're saying. Our words really begin with our thoughts. If you remember back to episode one, if you listened to it, I talked about the quote that says, watch your thoughts, they become your words, watch your words, they become your actions, watch your actions, they become your habits, watch your habits, they become your character, and watch your character because it becomes your destiny. So if we want to change the ways we talk to our children, first we have to think about changing the ways we think about them. We have to spend time focusing on the things we love and admire about our kids, on the people we see them becoming, the qualities they have that they can develop, the potential in their little hearts and souls. We have to spend more time focusing on the things we love and appreciate about them, the people we see them becoming, the capacity we see them developing, than on the ways that they frustrate us and on the ways that they drive us crazy sometimes. So a few years ago, I started doing this practice with my oldest son where we call it his morning blessing. So it used to be that we had a really long drive to work in the mornings and he was in the car with me. And one of the ways that I tried to use this time instead of just feeling frustrated that I was losing so much of my day is that we would pray together. Well, he was at that age where he's like, I don't want to pray. I don't want you to pray for me. So instead of calling it praying for him, I just changed the title and I said, let's do your morning blessing. Um, but I still did it in the form of a prayer and he didn't mind that. He just was, you know, three and frustrated about the idea of me doing something that he didn't want him to do or didn't want me to do. So I said, let's do, let's just do your morning blessing. And basically it was just me praying and thanking God for all these things about him. That was a way of me saying these life-giving words to him, but he was able to receive them a little more because they weren't direct. It was sort of like a backdoor way into his mind and into his heart. So you could do all sorts of different things with this. You don't have to do it in the form of a prayer if that's not how you want to do it. But I basically cover a few different categories and I don't do the same thing every day. I say whatever's in my heart about him, but I'll talk about things that I love about who my kids are, about who God made them to be, like physical descriptions, like thank you for this kid's curly hair or for their blue eyes or thank you for the way they're so outgoing and bubbly or for the way they're thoughtful and calm, Um, just noticing the ways God made them and thanking God for that while my kids are listening so they're hearing me thank God for that Um, I also talk about the second category is things they like so I'll say like thank you God that this kid loves trucks or that this kid loves monkey bars or that this kid loves reading books another thing I talk about is areas they're growing in so again we don't lie to our kids and we're not saying oh thank you God that my kid is the most kind, patient child ever. But when we see that they are working on growing in an area, we can say things like, thank you that he is 
growing in patience. Thank you that he's learning to be more kind and compassionate to a sibling. Thank you that he is growing in the area of processing his emotions and not letting them control his behavior. So areas you see them growing in, and this also can help them to develop a growth mindset uh, where they feel like they can grow and develop rather than a fixed mindset where they feel like what's true about them now is always true about them. The next area that I kind of focus on in my blessings with them is just gratitude for having them in my life. So I might just say things like, thank you that I get to be his mom. Thank you that I get to spend my days with her. Um, One of the things I love to say to my kids is out of all the mommies and all the kids and all the world, God chose you for me and me for you. And I'm so glad he did. Now, don't say this on the days where you aren't feeling glad about that. You know, say something else. Don't lie. But this is one thing I love saying, and it's such a good reminder to me. God chose me to be the mom of these children. And it's a privilege and a responsibility. And I'm so thankful that God knows what he's doing. He knows better than I do what I needed and what my children need. And the last thing I usually try to include in the blessing is reassurance of God's love and his presence. So I phrase this still as prayer and I'll say like, thank you that he can always talk to you. Thank you that he can always ask you for help. Thank you that you're always with him no matter what. So just those reassurances about God's character, about God's love. And those are things that will stick with them. They will remember those things that we say to them. So those are kind of the main areas I tend to cover. And again, I don't, it's not a formula. These are things that I have just kind of noticed that I tend to say in their morning blessings. And every day is different. It's not like a thing I recite. I just think through these areas and what things I want to say and have them hear me say. There are a lot of ways you could build this practice into your daily routine. We typically do on our way to school. So actually during all the pandemic and lockdown season and things that we've had in these recent months, I have been way less consistent with this because we don't have that natural cue of driving to school. If you have a place you go every day, like driving to school or dropping your child off at the babysitter's house or a place you're going in the car is a great time because you're not distracted by all of the things that need done in your house. Another idea would be doing it at the breakfast table or lunch or dinner or whenever. It doesn't have to be a certain time of day. And again, it doesn't have to be perfect. Your kids will remember things that they've heard you say consistently over time, even if it's only 50% of the time. If you do this three days of the week out of seven, they'll still have memories of, oh yeah, mom used to always do that because it was something that you did a little bit at a time over time. Those words are going to sink into their heart, into the deep places of who they are and change their lives. If you start doing this and then you stop and you take a break or you forget for a while, just start again. Missing days or weeks or months is a lot less important than just choosing to start again. So that's where the the Pinterest perfect mom in us 
comes out and we think, oh, I have to do this every day or I have to do this just right. But our kids aren't going to remember if there was like two weeks where we didn't do this. They'll remember that we did it consistently and over the long haul. Motherhood is not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's a long race. So what you do a little bit over time is what they will remember. If you don't want to do this exactly the way I do it, that's fine. Take it. Make it your own. Um, You don't have to do it in the form of a prayer. Like I said, you can just talk directly to your kids. One of the things that I think though is most critical for this is first to spend time, like I mentioned earlier, thinking about those positive things, the positive qualities that you're noticing in your kids that you want to point out, the things that you just love about them, the way God made them, and the qualities about God that you want to remind them of. So I would suggest first sitting down and writing out some of those things because when we write them out, it helps us to think through it. It helps us form a bank of ideas that then we can draw from when we're just talking to them. If you don't know where to start to sit down and do this, I have a free guide that I made for you about changing your thoughts about your kids and then you can create that bank of ideas to just draw from when you're doing your blessings for your children even if you just have an infant you can start doing this now so that you're in the habit of this before they hit the terrible twos or three-nager phase and maybe you need to have some ideas in your head of oh yeah these are things that I want to come back to that I want to remember them or remind them and tell them and focus on this long view of their lives, speaking forward into who they're going to become. Seeing them for who they are, the person that they are, not just their behavior as they move from immature to mature. This will not only transform how they view themselves, but it will transform how you view them and the privilege and responsibility you have of using your words to change their lives. To get that free PDF guide for building up a bank of ideas of words to start speaking life to your kids on a regular basis, you can go check out the link at bit.ly slash blessings guide. It's bit.ly slash blessings guide, or you can find the link in the show notes for this episode. And also Instagram is a great place to follow along. Each week I'll post something from one of the episodes and that's a place where we can comment and have some discussion about the episodes. If this podcast has been encouraging and uplifting to you, please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you haven't had a chance to leave a rating and review, would you just pause for two minutes right after this episode ends and just leave a quick rating, leave a two-sentence review? It's literally something you can do really quickly should take like a minute or two and it will really help other people to be able to find the podcast and be encouraged and if you have friends who you think would like to hear these messages please share tell them about the podcast so that they can have inspiration for a more practically joyful mom life i'll see you back here next week for another episode and until then let's choose joy together